Thank you for tuning in to the 2420 Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Christian. And this is Jackson. And it's just us two today, which will be, um, well, hopefully a break for your ears. Um, we got rid of both whining, crying, screaming divas that are a part of this podcast. Uh, so this will be a pretty cut and dry episode if uh, this is your first time listening. Thanks for tuning in. If this is your second time listening, get bent. Uh, and if it's your third time, and, welcome back. And, and to the five people who in the past year listened to our podcast more than any other podcast on Spotify, uh, you are our favorites. Absolutely. And the other, the rest of you can just take a hike. Start listening or I don't know. I'm just kidding. We love all of our listeners. All. We just love some of them more than others. Right. And yes. I would like to take this opportunity to officially declare myself winner of the Pick'em. Okay, we went through 12 weeks of a Pick'em. Eric did not participate in the last week and recorded a zero, which gave me the lead. And the final standings were myself with 78 correct picks on the season, Eric with 74, Jackson with 70, and Jason with 64. Uh, you know, say what you will about Eric not making picks. Jason only made four picks, three correct ones in the final week. So he at least made an effort there. Uh, Eric, uh, you can't cross the finish line if you don't take the last lap. So here we are talking about week 11 with the pick'em guru himself, myself, uh, and, and Jackson. Uh, and we are all in the playoffs on the pod. Uh, no coincidence there. I think it just has to do with the mandatory getting on, uh, fantasy.nfl.com every week to look at everything um, has probably saved me out of a couple a couple instances where I would have started the wrong player or something this week uh, or this year um, so there's that too but we got playoffs to talk about um, and playoffs basically started last week uh, with the play in round um, and uh yeah, there, I mean, there, there, there was one or two exciting matchups. I mean, I think a lot of the games were close right. heading into the afternoon Sunday night games where there was at least some entertainment in it. Uh, none of them ended particularly close, but no. I think, I mean, I think that's the the purpose of the playing tournament was to give those teams a shot, though. And for the most part, Linnea took care of business over Adam. Uh, Adithia failed to kind of match Tom's high-scoring output from the from George Kittle and the Chiefs defense. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, who was the... Oh, and you took care of business versus Trevor. And so, really, the most exciting matchup was Noodle and Hunter. Absolutely. And, and well, hold on. Can I just say one thing about my matchup? Tony Pollard had a, a career day. He, he had nine touches for 74 yards. He scored 14 points on the week. It was... Just all I could ever dream of. Um, and Jalen Waddle also put up almost 14 points, but he's on bye this coming week, uh, which actually will hinder me quite severely as it looks like David Johnson yeah. is never going to be the running. The buys are going to have a again. big impact this week, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, so uh, we will get into that when we get into the matchups. But let's talk about um, – let's, let's finish our recap here uh, for the play-in tournament. The closest matchup – was Linnea and Adam. Is Am I right on that? Or, or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was a 17-point gap. And it, and it, it was a nail-biter, and really Linnea could have... Um, Linnea pulled this one out despite Josh Allen only having 11 points on the week, which I did not think would happen. I also didn't see you know Gardner Minshew coming. I don't think many people did. So I don't feel necessarily bad about that, but good on... Uh, Adam for picking up Minshew and putting him in and giving himself the best chance to win. If Jonu Smith comes down with just one more uh, ball on the night, or they throw maybe a, another pass uh, to him, then it could be a, a different story. But it was all running for the Patriots uh, against Buffalo. For those of you that didn't see the game last week, there was like 40-mile-per-hour wins. It was crazy. The Patriots ran a total of three pass plays on the night. And... Um, for a majority the of the fact game. that Johnny Smith even had receiving yards is actually an anomaly yeah. in that game. It, as far as that game goes, he was lucky to make it out there with 1.6 points. But, um, well, you see, Linnea also was hurt by that. She had Jacoby Myers. He didn't get any right. points on the night. Um, mm-hmm. But she feasted with Damian Harris because he was getting all those touches. Uh, 17-point 
game for him. Um, so Linnea kind of steamrolls through this play-in game here, bumps off Adam, who, to be fair, was the underdog going in. Um, but he posted a strong second half of the season. Yeah. Uh, and it's unfortunate, really, that Adam in this game didn't have Devontae Adams because in a 17-point game where one of your wide receivers scores zero points, it really does leave you wondering what could have been, yeah. I feel like. No, absolutely. So this is going to be a season I think Adam probably looks back on and is just frustrated by the by the way his team finished it out. I don't think he could really be upset with their performance in the regular season. They kind of did all they could. Um, there were some just red-hot teams he ran into, but his season And so uh, we actually have Adam on the line here right now. Whoa. Um, not sure if he's available to talk or not, but he did answer. He did? Yes, of course I'm available to talk. Adam is on the podcast. Can he hear me? Adam, can you hear Christian? I can hear you, Christian. Adam, how are you doing? How is your au pair? Uh, she's excellent. Thank you for asking. Of course, I always do. Adam, how do you feel about the finish to your season? It was a pretty heartbreaking loss to Linnea this past week. Any comments on how your team played and, and, and thoughts going into next year? Well, it obviously didn't turn out how uh, how we had hoped. Um, wasn't lo- it, it started out not looking great, and then uh, middle of the season, still wasn't looking too great, and then uh, near the end, it was also not looking great. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just 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 a just a pretty pretty poor performance uh, overall. You know, I, I'm I'm sure if you go back and look at the tape, just racked racked with injuries. Um, just not not super lucky on that front, and just yeah, yeah just one of those seasons. You can't you can't win them all. You, Do you have anything to say to the fans or the media that might question the move from Alabama to DC? Was that kind of was this an adjustment year? As a result of that, are you still getting settled in? Maybe that played a role. You know what? Yeah, let's let's go with that. Um, <laughs> A lot of the players, I think, struggled with with the move, um, the new practice facility, even though it was a carbon copy of our old one. Um, just yeah. the new area, I think, you know, maybe there's something in the water. Well, and establishing yourself as Washington, D.C.'s football team, you know, in the absence of a strong brand identity, it really opened up. There was a lot of media coverage on your team to start the year out. Um, and do you think that pressure – Put on your guys by, you know, you've had strong seasons in the past. Do you think that the pressure just got to some of your young players this year on the roster and, and next year they're going to be ready for it? Or, or really, does this just come down to health and getting a new dietitian for the team for the next season? I think it was more so um, on the health front and not necessarily, you know, the, the pressure put on by, by the media. I think most of my guys are pretty, pretty tough um, mentally through it but um you know when your when your joints are made of glass and your skin's made of paper you, uh you really you suffer from some of those hits throughout the season um so we're we're, we're working on that with uh you know training and potentially surgical one oh. parting question then uh let's say next year in the draft jk dobbins is the preferred player to be drafted at your spot will you uh, renegotiate ties with him, or are you done after the heartbreak of this past season? Um, I, I don't think I'm going to be rolling the dice with J.K. Dobbins again. Um, I think we will respectfully uh, stay away from each other. Understood. So it's a it's a mutual departure. That, well, that's good to hear, at least. Um, and I, I'm sorry, I, an addendum question, if you will. I, I just got to say... You know, genius move starting Gardner Minshew. How did you, how did you have that instinct to put in Minshew for this this playoff week? How did, you trusted a new guy with at the quarterback position, the most important position on the field this week? What led to that decision? Well, I had actually um, received a, a tip that uh, Jalen Hurts was not going to be playing, um, so I, I immediately went on and. And picked up uh, Minshew because if you know 
with Jalen Hurts being my starter if he's not going to play. And with the uh, availability of players being so uh, sparse in our league, um, we figured if Minshew is available, you know, pick him up and maybe he can start him. Excellent. That's all I got for you, Adam. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We appreciate it so greatly during this holiday season. It's really a Christmas miracle that you answered the phone. Yeah, not a problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, Adam. Yep, you too. Bye. All right. Well, that was an enlightening phone call. What a treat. What an wow. absolute rare treat to have a special guest on the podcast. Um, Adam, we hate to see you go, but we love to watch you leave. Uh, and at, at this point, we got to talk about, uh, the final matchup from the plane, which was, as you mentioned previously, the noodle hunter matchup, um, which, wow. All I got to say is the people that scored in this one, I did not expect, uh, noodles team was led in scoring. No. By Dustin Hopkins, the Arizona Cardinals defense, Elijah Moore, Rob Gronkowski, and Kirk Cousins. Ezekiel Elliott, Chase Claypool, and Miles Gaskin all had pretty quiet weeks along with Matt Breida in a week where Breida, frankly, should have feasted. Um, and, uh, and, and almost, I, I wouldn't say likewise uh, for the other side here for Hunter. Uh, we know that his team is full of players that can pop off at any time. But obviously, that game in New England really hurt him because he looks for pretty consistent production out of Hunter Henry. Um, and Hunter Henry just wasn't a factor. And same with Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper just didn't have a, a very memorable week at all. Um, so yeah, both, both of these teams are some of the biggest boom-bust teams that there are in the league, which makes them very dangerous in that they could score 120 in a week. But Hunter's team, especially now, you have to look at if Hunter had advanced – he would have lost Mike Williams to the COVID list. James Robinson and Austin Eckler are both questionable. It, it would have been tough sailing. Yeah. So, so it's almost better. It's like a mercy kill that his season ended here. Yes. Um, and, well, perhaps a final if happening from, from the play-in week that isn't going to be necessarily uh, recorded. Uh, or I'm not really sure how the, the league accountants are going to keep track of this one. But Jason set the single season scoring record um in his bye is that right no well so jason set the scoring record for a total season not a single game ah record. not a single game record okay that's my bad. So the, yeah his comment though was that had jason and i actually played this past week the final score was like 132 to 124 or something Outrageous. which would have been the highest cumulative score in a game but uh, all those scores have been wiped to be zero points if you did not play in a playing game which makes sense um so basically just some fun exhibitions ha took place and jason's team looks just as dangerous as ever uh over the bye week which i can't say is unexpected it's pretty much his playoffs to lose at this point well actually it was very unexpected he was only supposed to score 70 points really is the reality yeah so this past week this is to give you an idea of how whoa, dangerous whoa, whoa. jason's team yeah. is yeah Tell yeah, so Jason was missing, um, let's see here. Jason was missing DJ Moore, Debo Samuel, A.J. Dillon, and, I mean, he still doesn't have a quarterback. But all three of those players that have been in his starting lineup the last several weeks, and instead he tossed out there Tevin Coleman, Dallas Goddard, and Mike Glennon, and Goddard scored 26 points, Coleman scored 10, Jake Elliott scored 17. Wow. A, his team just top to bottom was terrifying frankly terrifying he scored the most points in the league on a bye week with four new players from his bench yeah that is that's horrifying um his team culture he's built there is basically just alabama at this point so um they yeah. hopefully someone can knock him off their block hopefully it's me but we'll see in the playoffs it's the playoffs um and uh well, I guess this is officially round one then, because that brings us um, out of the play-in week into a preview at, at what this week is going to look like. We have, uh, is that four big matchups? Am I, am I seeing that correctly, Jackson? Yes, we do have four more playoff matchups this week. 
So this is a large week. A lot of friends of the podcast and podcast members are playing this week. Um, myself, obviously, as a wild card entering, I'm going head to head with Blake uh, in the playoffs. Is that, these matchups are all set correctly now? They're not, Correct. Yes, yeah. everything is purely represented on on the site. That's that's great. Um, because of our weird playoff system, I was trying to check my matchup, but I didn't have the bracket in front of me, and I was going against. I, I forget who it was, who it ended up being, but they weren't in the playoff, and I, I knew that couldn't be it. So I'm oh, going against yes. Blake this yes. week, uh, and this one is a really tough matchup for my team. It is made a little bit easier by Blake having Chase Edmonds on IR, uh, but even then, he has plenty of talent to come in and and, and fill. Um, you you might be in trouble because Edmonds is has been designated to return from IR. This oh, week. this week. No. No, but I do believe the projected score is uh, is considering that fact. Okay. And aside from that, James Conner was already vulturing That's true. a severe number of touchdowns before this. So it's not like Chase Edmonds comes back and is a sole number one. Right. That is true. That is true. But the matchups head-to-head between Blake and I are, are fairly, I, I, w- I would say, closer than you would expect in in a fa- in a fantasy football league of this size it seems like we're pretty evenly matched going down the rosters initially here i have matthew stafford he has dak prescott they are projected basically the same totals dallas goes against washington this week and uh the rams go against arizona those are both divisional games uh so those will be tests for both quarterbacks likely i have picked up adrian peterson and am starting him currently uh right into the playoffs he goes yep Right over David Johnson. Uh, David Johnson did not see a snap last week. I'm kind of concerned with the whole situation in Houston. I, it's not good information that's coming out um, when it does come out, and it doesn't seem like they even know what their lineups are until they have 11 guys on the field. So David Johnson is sitting out. I also picked up Jeremy McNichols just in case Adrian Peterson, for whatever reason, doesn't play this next week. He had a he had a pretty large week where he was the guy for Seattle, um, who is now playing spoiler um, with their playoff hopes pretty much kiboshed by the Rams and Cardinals being just some of the best teams in the league in their division. Um, so it's Adrian Peterson versus Chase Edmonds, and then Tony Pollard versus Antonio Gibson. And Tony Pollard is questionable. It's not necessarily a great matchup for me, um, but Tony Pollard has been, as I said, coming. he's coming off a great week, nine touches, um, like 79 yards or whatever it was, uh, that 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 strong performance combined with Zeke's kind of average, mediocre performance last week gives me some hope that he can uh, continue to put up serviceable point totals from that RB2 slot. Um, and then it is Terry McLaurin versus Jarvis Landry at the wideout one spot. And uh, usually I would say the edge should go here to Terry McLaurin pretty heavily, but the way he's been used lately in the football team's offense has basically just been. Um, uh, yeah, I, they've, they've had some very season. low scoring. So the biggest difference I would say is that when Terry was having his great games, it was when they were losing That's early on to teams. And so it's, it's, it's one of those interesting things where the winning streak, I think it's a four-game win streak for Washington at this point. Yeah, uh, oh. yeah four-game winning streak since they're by has been not great for Terry McLaurin, whereas on the flip side, Antonio Gibson has had his four best games of the season during that four-game win streak, or three of his four best games of the season. And so it's very much going to come down to, can Washington compete with Dallas? Because if mm-hmm. it's kind of a catch-22 for you, Christian, because if Dak Prescott has a great game early, then that's going to bode well for McLaurin for you and bad for Gibson. But conversely, I mean, basically you want Dallas to score early and often with its running backs. I mean, that's the ideal situation for yeah. you, right? And I think this game for you is won and lost. If for you, it's won at the running back position, and for Blake, it's won at the wide receivers. Blake's wide receivers are far inferior to yours, but his running backs are far superior. So it's all going to come down to, can you make up enough points in that positional group to still hang in there yeah. and not lose as a result? Yeah, that's definitely right. I Even looking at the wideout two position here, I have Hunter Renfro going head-to-head against Christian Kirk. Uh, yeah. Renfro's been dominant lately. Then I have Kyle Pitts going against Dalton Schultz. Um, Pitts. That, that's an interesting one. I mean, you just have to hope 
Schultz doesn't score a touchdown because that's a 10 point yep. swing for him. Yep. And it'll come down to that. It, yeah. it really will. Uh, and, uh, Ayuk against Sanders there. I should have a slight edge. Um, I have Washington's kicker, um, who is Brian Johnson and, uh, he has Matt Prater. So a, a lot of this is going to be decided on Sunday at noon. Um, but it almost is, entirely, almost entirely. Uh, but there will be a couple pieces, um, like my quarterback Matthew oh, Stafford. Oh, I should take that back. Yeah, Matthew Stafford is going to play on Monday night, and so is Chase Edmonds, uh, Matt Prater, and Christian Kirk for Blake. So, actually, quite a few players Monday night. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, well, right. But we should have a good idea how this is going to shake out because my right. success hinges on my guys Sunday at noon turning up and playing their best football. So uh, all I can say is is all the power to my guys. I'm trying to put them in the best situation to win, but Blake is a great team. Uh, he was in a lot of my picks to go all the way this um, at the start of the year. He was in almost all of our picks, I believe. So I'm not going to be terribly upset if I end up dropping this game to him. It's not a game we're supposed to win without Derrick Henry. And uh, the fact that we even made it to the playoff and won a game in the playoff, I, I consider the play in the playoff. I, but the fact that we got through the first round here, uh, of elimination games is is all I can ask for this team uh, losing our round one pick. Um, you actually had Blake winning it all I did. at the start of the season. Yes. Yeah, but if if I knew the Jason and Dithia trade that was gonna like just oh of, the of course apart. of course oh, Jason right. was the only one who had himself in the championship. The rest of us all had Blake because we, we, were we actually off the roster. you Eric and I all had Blake versus Sydney. In fact. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, so, uh, I. I think it's a pretty even matchup. I think it's almost a, a coin flip of a game, um, but I would still give the edge to Blake just because he's mm-hmm. been here before. So, uh, and he technically does have the better record at seven five and one, uh, but because he had the bye last week, right? So, um, right. I am seven and six. Uh, the next matchup we have to talk about is, dare I say, trouble in paradise. Uh, it is Rafi Villanea. Um, and man, the bad blood of the holidays just spilt right over into the playoffs. Um, and there is going to be a, uh, a fiery Christmas, a fiery Christmas evening in store, whatever the result of this game may be. Uh, it's Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen, James Conner versus Kareem Hunt, Ronald Jones versus Ty Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins versus Michael Gallup, uh, Zacchaeus versus Metcalf, Andrews versus Ogwembawam. I'm not. I probably butchered his name. It's the tight end. Uh, it's a tight end on the Broncos. Um, then DJ Dallas versus AJ Green, Harrison Butker versus Reggie Bullock, and the Seahawks defense versus the Bills defense. This is another one that we should have a good idea after Sunday what's going to happen here. And Linnea just needs to be, or Rafi just needs to be in position to win going into Monday night, having DeAndre Hopkins and James Conner, who are two of his heavy hitters. Um, and um, That said, I don't think Linnea can feel safe with any lead no. less than 25 to 30 points. Absolutely. Absolutely. A minimum of 25 to 30, and it's going to be hard to get without Deontay Harris. Especially uh, in Arizona, L.A. I mean, that you, you could try and make the argument that this could be in one of those, another great shootout in the L.A. Yeah. football history. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it could go any which way because it's a divisional game. You just never know. And mm-hmm. So um, either way, I think I would give the edge to – you have to give the edge to Rafi in my opinion. It's it's tough. I think part of me feels almost disappointed with how these match, this matchup turned out because of all the injuries and buys. You look at Rafi's team, he's lost four he – he doesn't have four of his starters. Adam Thielen's inactive. And then Jasicki, Gainwell, and the Patriots' defense are all on bye this week. Which, I mean, who knows? Maybe the Seahawks' defense is the sneaky play against Houston this week. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, Meanwhile, yeah, Linnea's lost you know, two tight ends, David Njoku and Dan Arnold, over the course of the season to injury and, and COVID. Yeah, um, and really, all she yep. has to play around with is whether or not to start. To start oh, and she Williams. and she lost Damian Harris and Jacoby Myers yeah. this week. Yeah, so yeah, that's just terrible. I'm sorry, that uh, is rough. It, it's a rough week for Linnea, um, certainly. If Josh Allen could maybe have a bounce back game against Tampa Bay, where he actually throws the ball 
like he did at the beginning of the year um, for, you know, 25 points, you know, get some rush yards, that whole work that all the work he put on defenses last season, he just hasn't been given them uh, this season. So I, it, it's gotta be, so, it's truly terrible that there are buys week 14. It is like week 13. We, we could say, all right, we don't want playoffs during that week. And you could get rid of that issue with those by weeks but week four there's nothing we can do with 12 teams making the playoffs unless you want eight out of 20 and no buys and that that's that's brutal and so the issue becomes that you have two teams here that have been great top eight teams all season in terms of scoring that don't have half their starters as a result and so i mean to a point it's almost more fair that they both have to deal with that issue uh but the thing i want to point out is that even if this turns into like a 70 65 scrum that the winner who emerges, well, that is not representative of their team's capacity. Still a contender. Yeah, despite yes. despite a poor for performance this yes. week, it doesn't matter. Yes. Both teams are very mm-hmm. capable. Yeah. Uh, well, there is a, another matchup with some, dare I say, less capable teams. Um, uh, are we good to move on to Noodle v. Yes. Eric? Yeah. Yep. So Noodle v. Eric, both teams are firing on all cylinders to try to basically hit 90 points this week. Um, right now, as we are recording, Kirk Cousins is on the field for the Minnesota Vikings and has um, almost one point through the first quarter. So that is not a great start uh, for Noodle. Uh, but then again, Alexander Madison has no points for Eric. So neither are probably feeling particularly great about how Monday night has started or about how this game has started off this Thursday night. Yeah. Um, I do have to question the Alexander Madison play. And obviously we'll see, obviously there's the chance that cook gets injured in this game and Madison takes over and has a great game, but it's, it's tough to start a backup running back in a playoff matchup when you potentially have other options and to, to give noodles two cents that he sent me before this, uh, was that his quote was Eric's two backup running backs and Clyde Edwards Alaire have no business being in a playoff matchup with Zeke and Swift. And he'd like to point out that Clyde Edwards Alaire, as much as Eric loves him, has actually averaged fewer points per game played than Miles Gask. That is astonishing. Um, and just goes to show how deep the struggles of the Chiefs have gone this year. Eric was feeling very confident, as usual, going into this matchup. Um, there's a believe a fifty dollar bet on this game, uh, unofficial, but it seemed like it was pretty set in stone. It's very high stakes, um, and Eric yeah. should you know be the heavy favorite via record. The ten two and one team, well ten two and earned to buy team, is going against a six and seven team that, like we said, had one of the closest matchups last week. Uh, lucky for Noodle though, he probably only needs ninety five points to win this week. Um, if status quo holds in the current NFL hierarchy, Stephon Diggs hasn't been doing much for Buffalo, and neither has Dawson Knox. Buffalo in general is just kind of middling. I I don't have the stats to back that up, though, so let's, let me just double-check. Yeah, Stephon Diggs, seven points last week. Uh, he, You know, he routinely put up 16 you know, if there, prior. If there, is a game, if there is a game, it has to be Tampa Bay. It where does. he has a good game. Buffalo is going to have to score points against Tampa Bay. Yeah. And Russell Wilson has a good matchup against Houston. I mean, if, if Eric's team can't win with the matchups that they have this week, then he really does have no right to be in the position that he does. But I, I think he does have a good shot this week. I just think that Noodle's team, he's going to need DeAndre Swift to play and Elijah Moore to play. Both are questionable. But... Noodle has a strong team. He outscored. He was, I think, it was seventh or eighth in scoring on the season, and so it's interesting. He, he, it's not typical that a five and seven team is able to fill a hole like Miles Gaskin being on by this week with a capable player like Tyler Boyd. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just it is really just deceiving. Um, I think this game is just a lot closer, obviously, than the standings say. Um, but I don't think I've ever run into a situation where the standings are so lopsided and show so much favoritism to one team when really these teams are probably equal strength. Uh, if Ezekiel Elliott has another dud of a week that could really hinder Noodle, um, especially with those two questionable pe- uh, players you mentioned, and that could basically just give Eric kind of a walk um, mm-hmm. through this round. 
But if Noodle's team comes to play, they're very capable of beating Eric. I would give the edge here probably to Eric just because Alexander Madison just rushed for 17 yards. So that is a good sign going forward. Ah, and uh, Kirk Cousins just threw a touchdown pass. Ooh, so it's heating up as we're talking. It's heating up. Um, and uh, we'll see how it all shakes out, you know, uh, come yes. next week. Next week. But, uh, well, good luck to both of them. Um, may the best team win. The third matchup we have to talk about today, uh, or fourth Sorry, I'm just steamrolling right through. The fourth and final matchup we have to talk about today is Sydney v. Tom. Um, Tom has Ben Roethlisberger on the field um, in the Thursday night matchup, as we just mentioned. He has one point so far in the first quarter. Um, and oh, my gosh. Pratt Fryermuth is playing for Sydney. And the odds are, the way the Pittsburgh Steelers have worked lately, if Ben throws a touchdown, Fryermuth is getting the target on like first or second down. He he pretty much is the guy in the red zone. Um and that that does bode well for Sydney having kind of a handcuff on points uh this mm-hmm. week. But uh going down the rosters and, here. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say Sid the biggest thing honestly that might hurt Sydney this week is that Nick Folk is on by. Um yeah. and it sounds crazy, but Nick Folk has not only been the number one kicker but he's been the number one kicker by like a long mile, and that he has scored double-digit points in. He just can't stop. He's just too five good. of the last eight games. He, he's just unstoppable. Sydney's um, team is a lot like Linnea's last year, where he has a special team. He, he made he made two field goals in the Monday night game in which the Patriots refused to throw the football. Mm-hmm. I I mean he's impressive. Uh, but likewise, though, I think what hurts Tom even more, though, is Michael Pittman being on by for the Colts. And so now Tom has to roll out DeAndre Carter and Donovan Peoples-Jones yep. as his wide receivers, and which I'm sure he's not happy about, but you really don't have another choice with Robert Woods on IR. Um, and, I, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. I was just going to mention Robert Woods on IR. That's really, yeah. really he, he might have a shot. I think his ad of Jalen Guyton, might have been one of the sneakiest plays this week, especially if both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, who, to be fair, are both vaccinated, so they both have a shot to play Sunday. But there's a chance neither of them does, which would basically give Tom a wide receiver one on the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah, that that would definitely swing some things in Tom's favor. I just think, um, well, Sydney's Sydney's got a, a solid quality team. Derek Carr, Devonta Freeman, Nick Chubb, Tyler Lockett, Marquise Brown, Pat Fryer, Muth, Cole Beasley, Graham Gano, and the Titans defense are facing him off against Toms, Ben Roethlisberger, Alvin Kamara, Chuba Hubbard, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, DeAndre Carter, George Kittle, Evan McPherson, Dontrell Hilliard, and the Chiefs defense. So it, it I guess, on paper... I'm still taking Sydney as a heavy favorite oh, here. Oh, yeah, I, I am as well, yes. I have no faith in Chuba. I have, I have no faith in anybody on Tom's roster except for Kamara and Kittle. Kamara back for, against the Jets is interesting. Yeah, so that could be a Kamara and Kittle answer. will need to carry Tom. Yep, but they yeah. have had to all season. So, um, meanwhile, Sydney's just going to yeah, – they have. They have. I, I think Robert Woods – was a big factor in that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Sydney, if he can have just a, a quality week, like we know he can have, and his players just simply put up their projections, he should be able to pull this one out. Um, I, I won't say easily, but it, it about probably by a 10 point margin. Um, Derek Carr's going against KC. Um, we know how much Vegas has KC's number lately. I think they just circle them on their schedule every year and really Not make for them... this year. Yeah, this year was that was like the get right game for Mahomes. That that's true. That's true. But I feel and like he scored. And he still had 18 points against KC. They hung with him for a short. They hung with him. It, it, Lost 41 to 14, but they hung with him in the first half. They hang with him. So uh, you know, uh, maybe a revenge game for Derek Carr. Let's see if the maybe. Raiders can bounce back. Um, and uh, I, I guess really everyone on Sydney's team has been underperforming just suddenly. <laughs> Cole Beasley kind of fell off the face of the earth. Um, Marquise Brown has had injury issues. Uh, Devonta Freeman is doing 
the best he can yeah. <laughs> in Baltimore. Yeah. You can't really ask much more of the guy. Uh, Tyler Lockett's been doing fine, but Russell's been hurt, so that's hurt his production, certainly. Um, and uh, Nick Chubb just had a real stinker of a week against Baltimore, and coming out of the bye, he has to play them again. So hopefully he doesn't have another five-point week. Hopefully Wait, yeah, how does that work for scheduling? Cleveland plays in Baltimore, then has a bye, and yeah. then plays in Baltimore again. I know. It's just kind of wild. Not in Baltimore. It. Plays Baltimore at home. I just I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, so <laughs> the tough part is is that Devonta Freeman didn't do well in that matchup either. So really, Baltimore playing Cleveland is not a good matchup for Sydney's running backs or wide receivers at all. And and it it happens twice in a row right at the playoff here. Um, and he didn't even really get to appreciate the bye because of Nick Chubb being on bye. So yeah. Sydney's probably got his fingers and toes crossed going into this one that his guys can can pull out a win here. Um, I will give the edge to Sydney on this one. Um, but that being said, we just mentioned how Tom has some guys that can just straight up carry a team when they need to. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. That does it for the recap. Uh, Jackson, what do we, what else have we got yeah. planned for our, our, our episode? Um, well, let's see here. We can see who else we maybe have on the line. Give me one moment. Maybe a final phone call or something. We don't have Jason, so we can't do a what the heck is going on here. Um, but yep. as you might have mentioned, uh, us at the podcast, the Fab Four, as we call ourselves, have been feuding lately, just like the uh, other Fab Four, uh, the lads from Liverpool, the Beatles. Um, and... Uh, well, I don't think a separation's in order, but certainly Jason and Eric have had their uh, have had animosity towards each other since it became clear both were making the playoff. And uh, hopefully, those teams can face off at some point. I don't know when. It would be something. It would be in the championship if it did happen. And it would be heck if of a championship happen. game. It'd be a what the heck is going on here? Championship special. Um, and it is looking like Jason, like we said, can probably get there. He's got the bye this week, so no worries there. Uh, Eric has the long road ahead of him. Um, but we have a very special caller name. We'll see if he picks up first off. Hello? Hey, Rafi. How's it going? Pretty good. Good. Uh, you're on the podcast right now if you have a minute. Oh, okay. Okay. Is uh is Linnea available as well? We'd like to get a, a couple yes, of comments. All right. Well, we know you guys have a a big matchup this week, and we're wondering what you're each doing to prepare for it. Um, mentally, uh, not checking my fantasy because I don't want to see it. Um, but I mean, I'm gonna win, so I'm not like that worried. Um, a lot of confidence coming out of Linnea's corner. Rafi, are you feeling as confident about your chances this week? Um, well, I'm, I mean, hmm. well, it was kind of disheartening seeing, like, uh, some good player. Well, Adam Thielen being out didn't, hasn't really helped. But it may, I don't know if that will change. But, um, um, I mean, I have, I have a pretty good – uh, track record of picking up like players projected very low points and winning. So, so are, are you implying know. that what you've seen on the field, on the practice field, that DJ Dallas might be the next next Zach center? There's no other reason I'd have him on my team. All right, that's a very bold claim. I would just, I would just like to point out, Rafi has significant amount of people on by. His projected points are lower than mine. I'm coming off of a win. No, I mean, no, so no, no, Linnea, Linnea, you you also have three players on bias. So you both have three players on bias. So are you are you just trying to deflect regarding the issues of bias? I mean, Damon Harris and Jacoby Myers have been in your starting lineup all season long. How how does your team cope without them? Well, see, my team is more well-rounded. Rafi, sure, he's got good players, but he's got like one lineup and when that one lineup is in sure he does well 
But I've got a more more depth in my bench. Um, I'm confident that the players that I have on my bench that are now in um, going to do just fine. And I would argue I have less key players out than Rafi does. Would, just less key players, period. Yeah. Would you be able to pronounce your tight end's name for us, please? <laughs> so, you know... Uh, or, or, or if you can just spell it. If you can spell it, we'll let you off the hook. Start with a G. Oh No. Yeah, that's tough. Well, clearly Linnea has not talked to her team. She's very confident in the win this week. Been taking a laissez-faire attitude to the playoff, I can tell. You know what, you um, know, they, they don't need me. They, they do great without me. Let the I talent here, do its job. on the backs and you and hollering, and that's all I need to do. Two very different coaching styles, and meanwhile, Rafi over there with the iron fist, uh, making sure, bringing DeAndre Hopkins back early from injury just so he could play in the playoff. I heard the rumors. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I... I I wish you two uh, the best uh, in the matchup. May the better team win. Uh, I know you're both convinced that you yourselves are the better team, but but hopefully uh, whoever comes out of this can maybe still feel su- – will, will the whoever wins this feel supported by the loser? Are you guys good about um, keeping amicable relations? Well, we only accept winners in this house, though. I can wow, tell. Okay, all right. Are you a loser? <laughs> yes, there is. Um, yeah, I would say um, basically it's it's a lose lose situation for Rafi this week. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, <sighs> well, that's very inspiring. Uh, and I'm sure all of our <laughs> listeners will feel very warm inside uh, about you, both of your outlooks on the, on the season going forward. Uh, I, the, here at the podcast, we wish both of you teams the best. Uh, may whoever wins this matchup go on to beat Jason or, or whoever you end up playing next. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Rafi's already won a championship, so it would be awful nice of him to maybe give one. He's won two. Give him uh, one to someone else, but, uh, you know, yeah. he is selfish as we all know um what i um but you know uh maybe maybe this is linnea's year who knows that's what i gotta say i don't know i don't know i've beaten him once uh he says it can happen a second time i say okay (laughs) by your hand okay well now if rafi loses this matchup does he lose the title of mr december to linnea it's it's interesting I that that no that's an interesting concept because I believe RJ has a calculation that must be made to determine whether the weight of a game is high enough for the transfer of that title to occur. And so we will have to check with him. So uh we can actually give him a ring right now. Give me one moment. We might need to bring him in on this. Oh my lord. Wait. Are they going to stay on the line? Mountain Are they going to stay on the line while we bring in I, I put RJ? them on hold and I'll merge the calls. Wow. The future. Hello? Hey. Hey, RJ. Uh, once, there, oh, there we go. Uh, we've got a question for you for the podcast. Are you free for a minute? I am. Okay. Are we live right now? We are live right now. Um, and you're also merged with Rafi and Linnea. Hello. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Hello. Technology at its finest right here, people. So here's the issue we're having trouble figuring out, RJ. If Linnea beats Rafi in this playoff matchup they play this week right now, does she become the new Mr. December? You know, that's a fantastic question. Um, However, uh, I believe that the Mr. December title needs to follow at least two consecutive seasons of being an absolute underdog and ravaging the field in the playoffs. Hmm. And, and you don't so, believe so Linnea I, would have I done it? What would, what would the point differential need to be for me to absolutely steal that title? Because <laughs> I think there's a threshold here. Of... Well, I don't think it was points at all. The, the reason I got it originally was uh, when I, myself and Doug Baldwin, uh, ran through the playoffs with an 11 seed, and damn near took the thing home. So, <laughs> so now here, here, 
Yeah, to be fair, Linnea is the 12th seed. In fact, overall, Linnea is the number 14 team in the league. So does she get any bonus points for technically being a team that in a, any other season would not have made the playoffs? That, that, does, uh, that does add a bunch. But, you know, with uh, these mini-golf rules that we're playing with right now, um, I think Badger Sports Park is trying to patent all the rules in this league at this point with the uh, the amount of funny business we got going on. Um, but yeah, that that would, considering her, her low speed, definitely drive up the probability of her taking home the title of Mr. December. Now, now RJ, you were a co-sponsor with Jason of the playing game. Uh, has your opinion of that turned uh, since you were left out of it this season? No, I was just pushing the rules as far as they would go to see how uh, much buffoonery we could get and to see if this uh, league was legit or not. And uh, as it turns out, it's not. I mean, obviously, in any regular standard league that didn't have all these goofy rules, I would never be anywhere close to the, the position I finished in. So um, I don't think I don't think that I would have made uh, 20th if it wasn't for all these goofy rules going around. <laughs> okay. Well, that's Christian, that's a fair yeah, concern. Go. Like I, you know, I'm glad we have uh, three perennial playoff coaches in the room at this point, guys. We have a, a, a matchup um, that that, well, needless to say, involves Eric. Um, and as you know, uh, or may have heard, um, Eric is very confident in his, in his team's chances this year um, as perennial playoff contenders. Do you see Eric as a threat in the league going forward? Um, just your thoughts, RJ? Yeah, uh, thanks for letting me go first. Um, he shall not be named. If there's one thing he loves more than fantasy football, it's hearing his own name on the podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and withhold my comments at this time. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, and and do the other playoff coaches, Linnea and Rafi, do you feel the same way about Eric is a challenger that um, basically he's a, a, a beast that is better managed when he doesn't have all this media attention on him. I will say he's a threat. I'll give him that. But who do we think has the popular vote here? Who do we want to win? I think it's I think it's me. I think it's me. So that's all. That's all I got to say. Interesting. Interesting. Well, thank you all so much for joining us on the podcast uh, this week. Uh, we uh, appreciate your input greatly, uh, and we wish you all the best in the playoffs. And RJ, uh, better luck next season. Um, thanks for thanks for thanks, thanks for coming. Yes. Have fun. Uh, best of luck in the Jonathan Taylor lottery. I don't think he could have any worse luck. <laughs> yeah, like, while, we're, while we're on here, actually, one more question. Linnea, RJ, uh, RJ, do you have anything you want to say to Linnea for putting you into the division that she did? Uh, n- no, I, I, don't, I don't have any problem with the way the divisions were structured. Um, uh, again, it, it wasn't the division that held me down this year. It was, it was a multitude of other things. Okay. Okay. And so now then the other question though, Rafi, have we, by stealing the division from you, essentially the only way to explain is that there must have been collusion between Blake, Linnea, and I. Uh, I hate to break this to you on live on air. Um, Did we accidentally activate your secret trap card of being a wild card team in the playoffs? Like it was the plan all along. Like I only, I do better if I, the worse I do in the regular season. Well, Linnea, this is your chance to finally put an end to that reign of terror. So if this has been your long con all of long, this is your chance. This is your one opportunity. I think I'll have the last laugh. All right. Well, we shall see. Thank you all for, for hopping on and taking the call. Love to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, great. Yes. And so... um. With the parting comment, uh, yeah. I've decided to save this for last before we close off here. Absolutely. I want to give a special congratulations. We've talked about his team quite a bit tonight, but Noodle, for the first time ever in league history, has won a playoff game. 
It only took eight seasons, multiple seasons of which he was a division winner, in which he was a favored playoff team. I mean, this is a team that is one of, if not the winningest team in league history, who I believe was 0-4 or 0-5 in the playoffs. His team, he would put together a masterful lineup, and then they just would absolutely not get the job done come December. If anything, it was an anti-Mr. December. And so now I just want to give a special congratulations to Noodle. Uh, Perhaps it was the fact that, no, the previous week did not start in November, so I wanted to check that to make sure that wasn't somehow the reason why. But, hey, congratulations, Noodle. You did it. Hope you're having a great night and enjoying getting to play in the second round, which would be the first round of any other year, but we're going to ignore that. This is a playoff win. I like to think that... um... You know, we were pretty hard on Noodle last year when he uh, when he lost, um, and uh, I took it I took it pretty difficult. Um, I I had to overcome some strife. I, I was a, a fan of Noodle's team last year. I was a believer, um, and uh, then he went and um, massacred my boys on uh, on frankly uh, on the national stage. Uh, so I like to think that I maybe lit the fire under him to get him his first playoff win. And I will take all of the credit and praise, uh, given to me for that. Um, no need, um, to be humble in this circumstance. I really did a good job. Thank you, Christian. We really do owe you. Yeah. And so uh, that being said, that about does it for the podcast this week. We had a lot of callers, a lot of friends, a lot of fun, um, know what the heck is going on here unfortunately uh sorry america um but your favorite segment will hopefully be back be back next week um and it will be just as outrageous as ever i assure you so thank you so much for listening and uh we will see you next week bye